Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast, actual play of the Hell's Rebels Adventure Path. Now level five. Yeah. And 100% more safe houses. It's true. That's true. And we were so sneaky. It's true. We saved a bunch of armagers. Yeah. We did. We got away with it. You got away with it, too. Yeah. That actually went a, a lot better than I expected it to go, but it was like tense in all the good ways. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, having somebody who has a really good deception do all the talking made that much easier. Yeah, yes. and I mean, uh, it was it went pretty smoothly overall. There were a couple little minor hiccups here and there, but I think overall we did pretty well. So yeah, nobody died. Uh, it's so. true. Not us or any of the armagers. <laughs> Nobody died, actually. Yeah. Or any of the prison guards. Or it's true. Else. <laughs> no one at all died in that last episode. I think there was a part of us that wanted to kill the chitin, but knew that it wasn't going to go over well. She was yeah. bad and should feel bad. Yes. Yep. She's very bad and very dangerous. I, again, I have a feeling, and I'm sure we all probably share this feeling, that we'll probably see her again at some point. Oh, yeah. Yes, but oh, hopefully yeah. we don't have to fight her in a room where she can animate chains as pretty much a free freaking action that's covered in chains. You know chains. what I'm saying? Yep. Bind us True. all up. Yep. You don't want to fight the spider in its lair. Mm. No. So, uh, yeah, well, I suppose that, uh, honestly, that got, got through a lot of the recap. Basically, yeah. you guys finished up things at the holding house. You took off. You took the armagers back to uh, Octavio, and uh, Octavio gave you the the location for one of the Order of the Torrent safe houses. Yeah, so we finally have something across the bridge. Yep. <laughs> sure. Uh, you'd gone, uh, snuck back into the city of Cantargo after uh, dropping off all of the armagers at the, uh, the scribe roof holding there under the Shrine of St. Synex. Because eventually they probably will note that the armagers never made it to the uh, yeah. salt mines. Yeah. Although well, more be like, what do you mean they're not at the holding house? Yeah, because they're, yeah, they're like, we gave no the orders salt for mine, that. They didn't know. <laughs> well, yeah. But yeah, uh, eventually it will be discovered that they are not where they are supposed to be. Yep. Oh, to be a have. fly on that wall. <laughs> <laughs> and just see, I can just see Barzillai through and being like, that Octavio, like shaking his fist. <laughs> How did he even do it? Yep. It's an older code, but it checks out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you'd uh, you'd made your way back into the city. You'd uh, raided the safe house. They uh, raided maybe a hard word for you. Yeah. Right. We had permission we to explore and take what is useful. We appropriated what was given to us. Yes. We accepted the gifts mm-hmm. and mostly put them on Nicola. <laughs> I, I was about to say, I... I Nicolo had like a mini Christmas that day. I you guess. remember Christmas. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Chesser is just sitting there going, it's like, I've got so many sc- scrolls to scribe today. It's also yeah, true. I yeah. have to scribe back three scrolls later on that night. I even got a couple scrolls. That's pretty fun. Yeah. yeah. I got some glasses. Hey, glasses All of them generally cool. useful for getting, you know, people in and out of a place. The ability to comprehend languages of new places you go to and mm-hmm. water breathing, which is always really useful for sneaking people out of a city that is on an island or at the very least mm-hmm. 75% of the city is on an island more like yep. 50% of the city but yeah a good amount <laughs> to say we, I mean the potential to swim across the river exists when you can literally breathe underwater yeah I also yeah. Uh, uh, you know got third level spells so now I can turn us into swim speed having things Ooh. so um I suppose to jump back into things uh well one big thing of course is the fact that you guys had finished part one of we Book two of the Hell's Rebels Adventure Path. Bring us to part two, Trouble in Old Cantargo. Well, that makes sense. 
Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> kind of what we were expecting, but still. <laughs> that's kind of what we're already dealing with. And also, since this is the beginning of a new part of the story, the party has leveled up. So I suppose we'll uh, we'll go through our our classic uh, quick roundtable thing of one cool thing about this spell level, or about this level. I have no spell levels, so nothing is interesting. Um, Okay, Uh, Adria, of course, leveled up and therefore is now able to cast third level spells, which is rad. Um, But the spell I'm most excited about is shield because I took adapted cantrip Mm. as a uh, human or half elf or whatever, which I forget which side of the half elf that comes from. But uh, I can now cast shield as a primal spell. So. Nice. nice. I love shield. Such a good yeah. Since handy. this was a uh, fifth level, yeah, you guys really got cool. an ancestry feat, correct? Yep. yep. Yes. So that was from your ancestry. Yes. Yep. Awesome. Lucia? Uh, so I got a fighter weapon mastery. So I am now a master at using swords, which include nice. rapiers. Very nice. Very cool. Fancy. Very nice. Huzzah. I mean, Chesare got third level spells. That's pretty cool. What spell did you take? Any cool spell? <laughs> I took vampire, a vampire touch and fireball. Oh, nice. Mm. Fireball classic, is always a good one. combination. Yeah. I love me some like vampiric touch. Fireball. Vampiric yeah. touch also super good for if you're, if you're ever like like Cesare seems to be in the melee. You know, just like hey, give touch. it, give me that health. <laughs> All right, Victoria. Uh, Victoria uh, took the ancestry feat, ageless patience, uh, which basically means I can. Uh, I'm very patient when I look at things, and so I get bonuses on my perception, which I feel is apropos. Considering her class, yeah, and I cannot critically fail unless it's like more than ten below the DC. Mm. But in that one, doesn't matter. In that one, does not matter. Fair enough. So you can very patiently look over crime scenes now. Yes, Mm. I'm very thorough. (laughs) But it's not just perception. I think it's other skills too. Oh yeah, uh, perception check or skill check to gain the plus two uh, circumstance bonus to that check. Yeah. Ah. Well, you spend more time basically, but you get a bonus yeah. because I think it's yeah. I think it's yeah. twice mm-hmm. as long, but mm-hmm. you can get a bonus on anything. Yes. Nice. Nicola. Uh, Nicola also picked up an ancestry feat, of course, and I went ahead and took skillful tail. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Have, uh, I'm hoping it's as literal as I think it is. Uh, yes. Um, basically, I can use my my tail to use uh, simple interact actions. So even if I'm bound or like grappling somebody or something like that, I can open doors and things with my tail. I like to think you've been practicing at home, like at night. You're just like laying in bed and you're like, OK, reach for the cup. Yes. <laughs> so what I'm taking away from this is that unlike Ross's other character in our Tyrant's Grass Adventure Path, Nicolo doesn't have to do the sword and shield dance every time that he wants to open a door now. Because nope. he could just be like, shield, weapon, tell, open door, push it open. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that is exactly Jokes correct. Nice. Uh, it does not allow me to do anything that requires a check. So yeah. if I had to like unlock a door, I can't do that with my tail. Wait, you mean but you yeah. can't climb with just your tail? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I mean, I guess I could use a key technically, like if I had the actual key, but... That does mean that you could like disarm somebody and then pick up the weapon with your tail and then keep fighting Stab. them with your other hands. Yep. Yeah. Things yeah. like that. Play keep away. <laughs> uh, I just imagine you like Hellboy stealing the six pack of beers from the trick or treaters. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose to jump back in to things, we left off with our silver ravens standing in the safe house here. Two windows along the walls off towards the right hand side let in a good amount of light brightly illuminating this, uh, I'm going to say, 
eggshell white painted room, like every apartment that I've ever lived in. Yeah, <laughs> yep. the yeah, most generic, generic wall color that you can possibly get. <laughs> yep. yep. Again, built in the traditional Kentargan fashion, although you're up a uh, higher along with the the red brick outside walls, unusual for this part of Kentargo. Here on the inside, though, that's the uh, it's that nice exposed brick for the outside walls, while the inside walls are the uh, the white plaster covered in paint. Mm. With three beds in here, armor racks set off towards the side. As uh, Adria and Cesare are, you know, like two college freshmen studying for exam classes, sitting cross-legged on either side of a bed, you know, staring at all the magic items arrayed between them as they sort of identify. <laughs> Did we find all the papers for Octavio as well? No, yes. there is that. Yeah. Octavio's papers were also in the bottom of the chest. Cool. Can I glance them over? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's extensive. Some of them are a little bit difficult to read because these were all handwritten and seemingly handwritten by about 12 different individuals, which ranges from extraordinarily competent calligraphy to scrawl, you think mm. is the, the phrase that you would use. Chicken, Chicken scratch. scratch, if you will. What's yeah. Octavio's handwriting look like? Octavio's handwriting is very precise. It is a Times New Roman, if you will. <laughs> there. <laughs> there. He handwrites in Times oh New Roman. God. Oh, man. Oh, my God. I've heard of people who are good at printing, but geez. <laughs> that takes the cake. Classic. But I suppose you collect your, uh, your not-so-ill-gotten goods. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Goodies. They were, they were rightfully gotten goods. They were You're gifted. rightfully gotten goods. You, of course, still need to make your way to uh, give the, the final word to uh, mm. Octavio's cousin. Yes. And the sword. And provide mm -hmm. her with yes. the sword. Which is to go to Lucille at the opportune mm -hmm. moment. Yeah. So I guess oh. we'll head over there. Yeah. I was about so to say, I guess we're done here. Just up the street. Um, so. But I'm course, going to skip stopping by the bar. I need to go and give Kalanis this letter from Castian as soon as possible. All right. Fair enough. Okay. I suppose I can take the documentation to Rexis if that's the case. I mean, wouldn't be a bad idea to have him look over it first, but... It's also uh, less suspicious if there's not, like, you know, five of us going to the bar. Mm. I was hoping to get some more of their lager. It was pretty good. Well, I'm going because I've got the sword. Fair enough. And So break. you all make <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> your way down the stairs. Step back out, take your way through the alleyways to get back out to Salt Street. Follow your way along. I imagine that Vittoria branches off once you reach the Contargo, the old Contargo Cemetery since it's a little easier to uh, cut across Salt Street there and make your way up to follow along the, uh, the river road than it is to head further south and away from your destination. Quick wave to the, the party as she sets off alone into the city streets of uh, Old Cantargo. That's concerning. Now, to be Just fair, that you it's like, that. It's, it's, like, it's like, not, I don't even know if it's, in, it's, yeah, it's like right before noon. I think yeah. we're cool. Probably, yeah. but again, just because he said it. <laughs> yeah, he said it in a way. It's, it's broad daylight. <laughs> Cesare, you continue making your way off in the direction of the Udemus tenement. The remaining three of you, Lucia, Adria, Nicolo, make your way to the Tooth and Nell. Arriving, you find that the bar at this time of day is much busier than when you were here previously. It's not lunch busy, rush. busy, but there is actual food that is served here, and ergo, many of the locals are in here. Not the clientele that you are used to, Adria, being closer to the docks, since it's usually mm. docks wor dock workers there. Definitely not the uh, the various tieflings, as you see no tieflings uh, in this chamber whatsoever, as you enter Nicolo, that you would be accustomed to from the few 
bars somewhere <laughs> in Red Roof. This isn't a faux dive. This is just a yep. dive. <laughs> <laughs> and these are, of course, not the uh, the people that you'd be accustomed to in the salons and all the rest of that stuff as far as Lucia is concerned. Uh, or, you know, her time spent amongst the students and everything else over in the filigree. Everyone here is a worker. Many of them have done their best to manage to get the, the dust or, in some cases, the salt or whatever it is that is encrusted in their hands off of their hands as they're uh, they're biting into their, their sandwiches, enjoying their uh, afternoon stew. They all order they all their meals in. with no salt. Yeah. <laughs> salt on their hands. Yeah, oh, despite, yeah despite the fact that <laughs> yes, they, just, they just crinkle their hands over their soup. <laughs> <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> yep. Don't like it. Sorry, no. it's not in packets. <laughs> yeah. There's a there's a sign up at the front door that the soup of today is clam chowder hmm. uh, as you make your way in. The room has this thick, heady aroma of clam chowder. Yeah, I love that. Ugh. I can literally see Rachel just cringing because she <laughs> oh, hates the smell of clam chowder. I, I cannot do. stand I it. It's so good, though. Rick is not allowed to order it if I'm sitting next to him because I will literally <laughs> gag the entire time. It's just like, <laughs> ugh. It's it a really a good clam chowder when I was uh, up in Seattle. Mm. Anyway. And it smelled real bad. Delicious. Delicious. Say it right. It's pronounced chowder. Chowder. <laughs> chowder. chowder. Yeah, we'll have some chowder. Sorry. I had to do it. You make your way in. In some, the uh, the young man that you'd met previously gives all of you a broad smile from uh, behind the, the counter, waves at you energetically. Yeah, give him a wave. I'll wave uh, very energetically right back. I mean, he's just doing his best. Mm -hmm. You can see that Saturna is uh, towards the back of the room. Again, much in the way that... Uh, Less common in the U.S., but much more common outside of the U.S. It is not uh, uncommon, of course, to have a good lager with your your afternoon meal. So uh, everyone is you're getting a couple drinks in. She's uh, she broken open another keg as she turns, glances back towards all of you, gives you a curt nod, and kind of holds up a finger for me. Yeah, I'll be with you in a moment. Mm. I guess we order, yeah, a drink. Yeah. while we're here. I mean, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll I order was just a drink. We all had good berries, so you know. I mean, I still want a bowl of chowder, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, why not? I can eat more just because I don't need to. Doesn't mean I don't want to. <laughs> you're that thing with you're not like you're not hungry, but you're like I could eat. It yeah, smells I good. Could eat. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You settle down. Insom comes over. You have to introduce yourself again because he doesn't remember you. That's, okay. That's fine. Good. Oh, poor guy. That's probably a good thing, actually. <laughs> it's bad because I, I get such Lenny vibes from him. Oh, good. Lenny. He's just in the back petting a bunny. Oh. Oh. No. Oh. No. Don't make it. Don't make it bad. Oh. You settle in. Drink your drink. Eventually, Saturna makes her way over. Leans up against the bar. Leans in close enough that honestly, you don't think anyone here is remotely interested in hearing your conversation. Probably not, but you never know. Mm -hmm. Good news, I hope. Yeah. Very good. Good. In fact, uh, I heard the word thanks uh, as, <laughs> as a message I'm supposed to give to you. No, you're doing better than me after 30 years. <laughs> uh, it was for well, her. It was just for you. <laughs> oh, well, I suppose it's easier with an intermediary, but... <laughs> Oh, it looked like a struggle. Volumes mm. about their relationship. I was Good about to say, gracious. <laughs> they need some family therapy. But I therapy. mean, long story short, I mean, he did seem appreciative. So, oh, and Good we uh, we have a present for uh, Lucille. Hmm. I tapped the sword. I'm not going to take it off in the middle of the restaurant. That seems yeah. weird. Probably not a good idea. Yeah. Hey, look at this! No. The, I love that she comes. She comes. She comes. Takes our order. Leaves with a sword for some reason. <laughs> that was yeah. our tip. 
Do, do you take weaponry instead of coin? I mean, a mithril weapon would I mean, be. You, uh, I was gonna say, do you know how many beers we could get? It was a really nice sword. Yeah. She reaches up a hand, taps her dimpled chin, glances around the uh, the bar, turns back towards Ensom, and take over for me for a minute. I'll be right back. He turns, smiles. It's your thing. You can trust me. Yeah. Gives a thumbs up. He gives oh, a thumbs gosh. up. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Nicola will try to just keep an eye on him, and if he does some math wrong or something, I'll try to just gently correct him. And Saturna circles around the bar, makes her way back over towards the three of you. If you'll accompany me, I have something to, uh, yeah. I don't think give is the accurate term. All right. Fair enough. In that case, I will not be keeping an eye on him. So. <laughs> yep. She leads you outside, uh, leads you around the the side of the building. As she makes her way around, you see that there's an old stable that honestly looks like it probably has not housed horses in the better part of maybe two decades. Mm. Mm. Wow. You guess at one point that this was probably a bar and tavern set up. Mm. However, it's now just a bar from what you understand. The, uh, the upper floors seem to be Saturna's personal residence instead of a tavern any longer, instead of an inn. You make your way back around the side. The uh, the wonderful smells coming from uh, Sweet Tooth, the next door neighbor, mm, the uh, the confectionery. Next, <laughs> we we stopped by there to ask about the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but again, just because we've already been once doesn't mean we can't go. Oh again. no, I'm saying totally <laughs> worth going again. We become regulars. <laughs> she leads you into the stable and then back to the back portion of it, where you can see that there's a trap door set in the floor, more of almost a storm cellar door. She opens this, this cool breeze of musty air comes up from below before she descends down a couple of steps. You hear her fumbling with something metallic in the dark before she lights a lantern Mm. before leading you fully down. Okay. Stepping down to the bottom, you enter into a rather long hallway that then leads to a very large open area. You'd say maybe some 40 feet across, 40 feet wide. Four wooden support pillars hold up the ceiling above, which you think might be actually under the street in Contargo. (laughs) The walls here are simple blank stone, and Thresh has been spread out across the floor. Mm. She turns back. There you are. Sorry, what? You're running a rebellion, and (laughs) you need places to hide. Oh. Oh. So I figured that this would work as one. There's a ladder. She points back to the back corner where you can kind of see a ladder that leads up to a servant's hall that runs through the back portion of the tavern. It's a little sliding door that will pop you out into the kitchen. I can let the wait staff know that there might be people coming and going. They're all trustworthy sorts. That's uh, very generous. Yeah. More safe I can't provide much else and uh, maybe a a free keg or something like that once a week. To yeah. keep the uh, morale up. Morale up. <laughs> uh, Adria is going unstra- to unstrap the sword now that we're down here and kind of hold it out and say, uh, Octavio wanted to make sure that Lucille got this and the message that uh, she'll be seeing him soon. She takes it. Nods. I sometimes worry about his influence on her. Mm. Why so? That side of the family has a very specific inclination towards violence. Hmm. My father, Octavio's father's brother didn't share his uh his family's inclination towards violence Hmm. but octavio's good at what he does and i can't fault him if he wants his daughter to follow in his footsteps 
I mean, he did mention that she was really into painting, so she may not even be that interested. But, you know, family mm. heirloom. She is. She's talented. But she also wants to please her father. Ah. Mm. Teach her With how to her. be a forger. I don't think her father would approve of her being a forger <laughs> at all. Oh, my gosh. Ultimate rebellion. <laughs> yeah, that, that's one of those, like, teenage rebellion things. It's like, you know, you know what, Dad? I'm not going to be a hell knight. I'm going to work on my art and be a forger. And he's like, no, daughter of mine's going to be a forger. A I'll criminal. create forgeries of all the famous paintings. <laughs> <laughs> With having lost her mother, having never really known her mother, I imagine it's difficult for her. And so her attachment, her desire to live up to her father's example mm. is probably stronger than for most. But it's not my place to tell him how to raise his child. If he wants her to have it, she'll have it. All right. All right. Well, you know how to get down here. Feel free to uh, come and go however you need. Uh, if it matters, we are doing a uh, devil pin and uh, odds and evens competition tonight. So if uh, you want, I could get you in for free, at the very <laughs> least for the first round. What are these things? Can I? Yes, what, what the are heck these that? things? Yeah, I'm guessing. Uh, yeah, you may make game. a society check if you so that wish sounds- to recall hey, some hey, society. So, Lucia, no idea. This was not an upper crust game. Clearly, <laughs> this is not. <laughs> this is not lawn darts or uh, bocce ball or whatever croquet. rich people play in this town. Yeah, croquet, croquet. Yeah. Uh, so, devil pin is basically a game of darts, except for mm. you're throwing it at a devil face. Um, you start with a quote unquote hell debt. And uh, by earning points, you can more or less buy your way out of hell uh, <laughs> uh, by throwing darts. Kind of nice. hilarious. That All sounds right. fun as heck. That is not something that Lucia's family would ever want to do. It is a game that uh, relies particularly on like hand-eye coordination, uh, more or less uh, skill as far as uh, mechanically speaking, it's attack rolls to uh, mm. accurately throw darts nice. at a board because it's a ranged attack. Very yeah. nice. That's cool. Uh, Odds and the- Evens is a uh, simple two-player dice game. You know, I will take you up on it. Well, I will anyway. Uh, I got nothing better to do tonight. Might as well stop by for a bit. Let's say Vittoria would probably be involved if it was a card game. <laughs> I don't know what either of these are, so I'm clearly not going to be good at them. I mean, it's basically darts and dice. Yeah, you might well, be all great. of your friends are welcome. I don't usually deal with adventurers, so I don't know how to celebrate with adventurers, but I can pop by and uh, speak to Lakula, the owner of Sweet Tooth, and get you guys a cake or something and... I guess that's a reward. Okay, well, we're not really adventurous, so cake sounds lovely. <laughs> Ross is so cake happy. is appropriate for every occasion. Nicolo just sort of smiles. I will never say no to a cake. <laughs> Her blackberry cake is phenomenal, so. Oh, that sounds nice. delicious. Nice. I pull out the little brochure menu, and I mark that one off because I don't need to buy that one to try all the flavors. <laughs> Are you going to taste the entire menu? Is that your Eventually, goal? Actually, we keep coming back by here. Taste the rainbow. <laughs> So, okay. and your friends are, of course, also welcome. Uh, we have a cool. private room, so honestly, I'd be happy to set you guys up with that, and uh, then you can we'll join in know. for a game of uh, darts and maybe have a little relaxation before you continue your uh, grand campaign. Mm. <laughs> Sounds like a nice night. All right, well, I should probably uh, head back up before Insom's giving away the house. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you just come up with it, and he's like, you want, a, you want a cask of wine? Sure, here you go. One dollar. <laughs> It's a whole (laughs) copper piece for the whole barrel. I guess we'll send our ravens to let our friends know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you could. Well, you know that uh, Cesare's at the uh, Udemus Tenement. Um, I think Mm. he provided you with the apartment number at one point. And at the very least, uh, Adria has been there before, so she can easily give good directions for the raven. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if we if we are trying to catch up with Vittoria, we just send it to Rexus. Yeah, 
because sure. she went yep. there. So yep. So I suppose you uh, you grab your ravens, you know, send them flying off with their messages. Mm-hmm. Chesare, you make your way to the Unimus tenement. You know, give a nod to the the boy sitting on the front step. Yeah, He's I'm always probably here. pretty familiar with him now. Are you sure you don't want to live here? <laughs> you note that he has a very nice new pair of shoes. Oh, hey. oh good. He did go buy them. Yes. Good for him. Good boy. Yeah, that's what he was supposed to do. He is a good boy. <laughs> yeah. In fact, you actually notice with some surprise that a couple of the children around here have new shoes. Oh, look at him being a good friend. I feel very happy. I like the, the idea that Adria stops by later and like head pats him. Just like, oh, good kiddo. If I'm ever in the neighborhood, I do bring them treats. That's mm. a thing. But yeah, you uh, you make your way in, make your way up the stairs, pass by uh, Nurla Botev, who's the uh, the crotchety squat old owner of the place. He just kind of gives you that, that resting stink eye. Yep. Nods to you, make your way up the stairs. Pass by a couple of other uh, workers who just popped back in home, bricklayer and... Uh, Judging by the smell coming off of one guy, you're going to assume a tanner or butcher. You're not entirely positive which, as he just kind of scoots by you in the hallway. And you sort of wrinkle your nose and the maybe still not happy with your sister living here. No, I'm really not. Reaching the top of the steps, you knock on the door. Honestly, it's only a couple of seconds past before the door flies open. Are you all right? I've been waiting for word. Cesare just hands her the letter and then steps inside. <laughs> She pulls this open, rushes her way over towards, you know, kind of almost pulls off the curtain to get to the window. After reading it, rereading it, she slumps down on the, honestly, for your, uh, for your nephew, too small bed. (laughs) Considering he, like, shot up to full, like, towering elven height. Feet dangle off the end of this bed since she hasn't been able to afford getting him a a nice new bed. Mm. It's one of those race car beds. Oh my oh, god. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not a race car bed. I, I had one of those until I was like in my mid twenties. Not until I was in my mid twenties, but No no no. I sorry, not not the race car bed, just a just a like twin size. A bed, bed. that was yeah, too twin. short for you? Yeah. My That's yeah. Awesome. I want you to have a race car bed though. That's really funny. <laughs> Maybe I should get a race <laughs> car bed. <laughs> just takes me anyway. back to like watching friends. Yeah. <laughs> when Chandler gets the race car bed. Oh man. She slumps down on the bed. Cesare sits down next to her. He says that he's staying to fight. <sighs> that is the plan there. The knights have agreed to help us. And we have to find somewhere safe for them to be in the city. It will probably be a bit. But he needs his rest anyway. Would it be safe for me to give you a message for him? Of course. She turns, hugs you. Cesare hugs her. <sighs> well, I'm glad to just know that he's safe now. I knew there would always be danger. Obviously. I don't think any of us are expecting this. Thank you. Do you feel better? I know Sabinus is an honorable man. He's safe with him. Are they comfortable? Do they need more pillows or blankets or... (laughs) Cesare laughs. They are living in a crypt underneath a shrine. (laughs) I'm sure that they wouldn't say no to anything, but Kalanis, you don't really have the funds for that right now. No, but I can make them something. Speaking of your job, I've made friends with the owner of the Devil's Threads. Edmund Hayes. Yes, I know I'm it's... familiar with his work. I know it's not your usual line of work, but you are a talented seamstress. I appreciate it, but I don't make a lot, but I'm getting by, and I don't want to give up on what I'm working on now. Some what of the old troop, you? some of the old troop from the 
Opera House are planning on doing a tour of the taverns around the city, doing some stage performances and all the rest of that. It's not quite operatic, but uh, they're branching out into the less prestigious form of stage acting. How um, dare they not invite Lucia to this? How dare they not invite Lucia? <laughs> well, they don't even know where Lucia is right now. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's possibly the case and definitely the reason, but still. Yeah, they sent they sent an invitation to your manor, but you weren't there. <laughs> <laughs> there they, there's a nice return to sender that was sent back. <laughs> and Nerla, for how difficult that woman can be, has let me set up a little pitch tent back in the alleyway. Been doing some haircuts and everything else for the people around here, which... I mean, you'd be amazed how much a good haircut lifts people's spirits. It's only a copper, but it's a couple coppers and it gets me by. If you're sure. I appreciate the offer, but I'm definitely not on Hedeman's level and don't take this the wrong way, but I don't. I don't know how you're friends with the man, but I don't want to get a job because you're friends with the man. Chester just kind of grins at her and doesn't say anything. All right. And especially based on that grin, I don't want to get a job if things go south and I lose that job because you broke his heart or vice versa. Why would it be my fault? (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, she just stared at you like, Please explain it. I knew it. I knew it. All right. Cesare crosses his arms over his chest and just looks at her. He's a younger man. You're an older, more experienced man. Oh, my God. (laughs) Raven, are you listening to this? Yep. You know the rules, Cesare. Campsite rules. What? What is that? <laughs> Make sure to leave them in better condition than when you found them. <laughs> oh. Oh. I didn't know that was a campsite rule. <laughs> well, that's the, it's the Boy Scout, leave it better than you found it. Both um, of you are terrible, just for the record. I'm not terrible. I'm probably the only reason you're still alive. Again, none of you have any faith in me. I mean, you do. I have feel a bad like I'm able record. to grant you fireballs now. <laughs> Let's do fireballs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kalanis. Let's go get some lunch. Hmm? No, I was going to make some tea, but. Tea is not the lunch. I'd be happy to make you something here, but I think you've done enough for us. I wish you weren't so stubborn. I wish you didn't make me be so stubborn. As they nitpick at each other for the next hour while they <laughs> fade, have lunch. Fade out to them, them sniping at each other and passive at, at some point, there's a soft rapping on the glass. And uh, which one of the uh, the ravens did? Who sent the raven? I think it was uh, Adria. I did. So It's the fat bird, isn't it? He's an older bird. Stately. Yeah, yeah you, you look over at the window and see the uh, plump, stately figure of uh, Adria's raven, Raph, rapping at the window. As if someone gently rapping, rapping oh at your God. chamber door. Yes, yes. <laughs> love it. Ah, uh, yep. I mean, Chester lets the bird in. He hops in, gives you an imperious nod, extends one foot <laughs> with a note. Chester takes the note. Yeah, we got invited to play these games over here if you're interested. Uh, I think Nicolo and I are for sure going to come. We might fuck Lucia into it. I mean, Chester would just write back, probably on the back of the same page, that he'll be there later tonight. Bring Clannis. You all have cake. Mm, oh, yeah, cake. cake. Yeah, mention it to Kalanis. And I do actually need to have Chesare stop by the Devil's Threads on the way back. So I guess after he leaves Kalanis, that's where he'll be headed. Okay. But yes, cake and dark games and dice. Oh, my. Elsewhere across the city. Uh, Vittoria, you make your way back across the bridge. Pay your toll. Uh, navigate your way back over to the uh, Long Road's coffee house. 
give a smile and a nod as you make your way in. A bunch of the students in here working. One or two of them give you a wave since they're actually from like your anatomy course. Yeah, we probably have study groups. As to not be impolite and probably to uh, not draw too much attention to yourself, stop in, say a couple of words, all the rest of that stuff. The biggest gossip has still been that mysterious woman showing up to interview your professor, which has uh, filled the room with tons and tons of gossip uh, since many people seem to have recognized her. And conspiracy theories. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Vittoria probably has like a little sketch of her, like in the top corner of her of her string board or something. You know, she's got yeah. fangirl a little bit. The top gossip right now is that uh, he is apparently that they think he's been involved in some sort of affair with one of the nobles in the city. And so it's possibly Ooh. like a, she's investigating him on behalf of one of the nobles that is trying Ooh. to figure out if he's you know responsible for bastard child or something. <laughs> oh, no. After a bit, your friends pack up and leave. You make your way back to the back, head downstairs, re-enter into the wasp nest. Give a nod to a couple of the uh, the various members of the wasp nest down here. Nix gives you a smile and wave as you make your way by. She's polite and she waves and says hello and you know tries to recall all the stuff she's learned about everybody. Eventually, you make your way back to the back where uh, Rexus is surrounded by his... Uh, Piles of books, maps, all the rest of that stuff. As you enter, uh, Rex is actually like head down on top of an open book, softly snoring. I figure she <laughs> goes over there and like gently shakes him. Oh, oh what time is it? Uh, it's the middle of, well, it's probably about the afternoon at the moment. <sighs> oh, well, um, <laughs> lose track of time. Um, I know, I'm starting to be concerned about that. I think we may need to get you out of this bunker i'm don't say fine because i already know that's a lie i could use some fresh air it's it's been a bit (laughs) i will get the hat of disguise from lucia and at least we could go out and you know see a little bit in the short time we have that that would be good and uh and to be honest i could probably use going to the uh the market my uh the alchemical supplies that you have helped me with um, are doing well, but I could use a, a resupply, as it were. And maybe a new book or two. The, the mixture is working well, but there have been some unpleasant side effects. Part of it being insomnia, which has been unpleasant when there's nothing to do but pace back and forth. Yes, I think we definitely need to get you out of here then. Well... You're back here, obviously, and uh, I'm afraid that uh, Morgar is currently out, but um, it would seem that you are successful. I figured I would show you our newest hall of documentation. Ah, more paperwork. If you are not up for it, you do not need no, to look no. at these at all, but apparently it's uh, related to the Order of the Torrent. Their documents. Apparently their beginnings. Their history has almost been completely redacted. These are not redacted, Victoria says with like a little lilt in her voice, like, ooh. <laughs> he takes the paperwork, unties the uh, the leather thong, kind of bundling it all into one massive stack. Wow, this is uh, extensive, <laughs> especially for an order this young. I know, and I suspect perhaps some foul play occurred whenever the embezzlement trial happened. I'm sort of wondering if they weren't set up and it would be fascinating to see if that were the case. Hmm. Well, I can uh, I can start digging. Is there anything specifically I'm, I'm looking for other than um, 
signs of foul play, apparently. Uh, that's just more of my own suspicions based on what Cesare has told me about the... If he is absolutely convinced that his brother would not have anything to do with this, there had to be some sort of setup, some sort of power play. Not that it really changes anything right now, but anyway, our Octavio wants the documentation, so I figured we'd get a crack at it first. Certainly. I can uh, I can peruse through it and see if I can't find uh, uh, something of interest. Yeah. It gives me uh, it gives me something to do instead of just uh, budget. He gestures down towards the book. Yes, we are definitely getting you out of here. <laughs> uh, it's not as bad as all of that. Well, you've been down here longer than anyone else. So, yeah, um, when we get a chance, of course, you know, uh, a trip over to the new market would be good for me and give me a chance to uh, to restock, resupply. Um, in the meantime, I'll uh, I'll power through. Um, you know, some of the uh, the. The fellow ravens down here provided me with some some interesting reading material. You know, it's the third book in the Sin Saga. Yes! <laughs> You're reading those? They're excellent. Well, well, I mean, they're definitely not my my taste, um, but it's very floored description. <laughs> I'm aware. Purple I'm, prose, uh, as it were. I tried editing the earlier drafts, but he wasn't having it. <laughs> Yeah, he, uh, he's very inventive with his uh, euphemisms. <laughs> that uh, has always been a particular talent of his. He's a master of the double entendre. <laughs> it's really oh bad my. whenever he gets into his uh, pun phases. Oh, well, I, I haven't gotten there yet, but... Uh... And y'all wonder why Cesare is like, no, I'm not reading that garbage. It's awesome. <laughs> it's real good. Personally, I think it's great, but Vittoria would probably be like, oh my gosh, it's so terribly written. Come on, Adrian I know your was skills. Just like, this man is writing my life. I love him. I'm very excited. Let's read all the books. Oh my. Well, perhaps right. I can bring you some other reading material. My brother is a decent author, but that's not necessarily the subject material I think you enjoy as much. Uh, No. After a short figured, while, though, uh, yeah, there's the... I was going to say, she stays down there and, like, spends some time with him. Like, she's not just dropping stuff off and leaving. That's rude. Like, she stays with him for a while. Everyone forgets Rex is down there, working his way. She has not. grades papers there all the time. <laughs> and chit-chats with Rex's. It costs me money to go over the bridge a lot, so... <laughs> <laughs> Poor it's, Niccolo. It's a hop and a skip away for Vittoria. Niccolo's, like, Niccolo's back at the bar looking out the window, thinking it's like... It'd be a much further walk, but I could live in that safe house. It's not collapsing. <laughs> I mean, it does have that going for it. To be fair, the cellar under this building might be an improvement for him. Yeah. <laughs> well, and didn't you say it makes it five silver cheaper? So, yeah, technically, if I was uh, doing a low end um, subsistence level, I wouldn't pay anything. Yeah, you would pay yes. nothing. Yeah, to but live you there. could also not live like a sad, sad person. <laughs> and I, I need to your save lifestyle. money. For what? <laughs> I don't know, for when things go terribly wrong. Things have already gone terribly wrong. So they go terribly wronger. <laughs> yeah, you have the adventure problem also of anytime you get any money, you immediately invest it in more gear. I mean, that's also true, but... We're perpetually broke, but we have tens of thousands of gold worth of stuff we're wearing. I was about to say, if I sold off some of my stuff, I'd have tons of money. It's yep. just that I wouldn't have stuff to fight Room. Oh, it's the irony. 
I've got mm-hmm. to kill these monsters. Why? To get treasure. Why? To buy more gear. Why? To kill more monsters. Yes. <laughs> yep. What's the end goal? <laughs> to have treasure so good that no monster can slay me. <laughs> it's always that thing of like, you know, nope, I'm just, I'm banking it for the uh, the end of book six. That's the point <laughs> where I'll stop buying more gear and just be like, whatever money I have left, that is what I live on for the rest now, of my life. I retire. I mean, to be fair, you know, there's a lot of adventurers that hit like fifth, sixth level and go, you know what? This is a good enough payday for yeah. me. And just like, you know, leave. Excuse me while I go buy a farm and enchant this silo with chicken legs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Call back. Yes. But Toria, you do eventually receive the uh, the letter from uh, who sent the raven over there? Uh, that would have been Lucia. So Bren oh, okay. goes over there. Bren eventually shows up to uh, to deliver the note, hopping equally back and forth as you uh, you read over it. I imagine as much as Adria's was basically saying, hey, we've been invited to uh, to play some games and all the rest of that stuff. It's yes. free. Sorry that Rexus can't be here. I know he'd love it. <laughs> Maybe next time. We'll give one of the birds a, a light load of cake to fly back to him because they can fly with a light <laughs> load. Well, you can that just take it back when you head back over there. <laughs> True. But, but, but bird delivery of cake. <laughs> They but here's the, the problem. If we bring cake for Rexus, we have to bring enough cake for everybody. I don't I don't know if we're going to get that much cake. That's a lot of cake. That's, that's, that's it's like more than cake. one cake worth of cake. Yeah, <laughs> more than one cake worth of cake. Uh, so is Victoria planning on joining them? Yeah, why not? Okay. She is confident in her, her smarts that she can miss one night of studying. I can miss one night. What? What's the worst that could happen? Victoria I mean, fails your, all of her classes. What's your intelligence up to right now? <laughs> Say what? What's your intelligence up to right now? I have a nineteen. Yeah, you're stupid smart. So <laughs> pretty high. Stupid <laughs> you're, smart. You're very, very <laughs> smart. So I think you're fine. Uh, stupid smart. The the step up from regular smart. Oh, that's me. I'm stupid <laughs> smart. That just drives me to a T. So I suppose all of you are planning on gathering. I know uh, Cesare had interest to go and uh, speak with Hedeman. Yeah. I need to clear some things up with him. Uh, popping in to speak with him, you know, during business hours is not going to be really good for him. What time do they close? Uh, well, basically sunset. You can invite him to come play darts or whatever. I cannot have this conversation with him when we play darts. We could talk before. We have a secret hideout over there. Oh, I didn't tell (laughs) (laughs) y'all. Well, I've already sent the bird, so. (laughs) I mean, I guess, yeah, Cesare might leave a note. Hey, we're going to be at the, I cannot remember the name of that bar off the top of my head. I wanted to say tooth and hookah, but that's wrong. You know, he'd be fine with you if you wanted to hang out in the area, talk with you beforehand, and then go over there with you afterwards to get played. Yeah, that sounds good. Cesare will. Cesare has money. Cesare will probably end up buying clothes if he hangs around too long. Or Raven will buy clothes for you. Raven (laughs) will come out with a wardrobe, and I'll be like, "Where did you get that?" (laughs) (laughs) It's a little cat seamstress that Hedeman has hired specifically for Raven's needs. (laughs) Yeah, but Cesare will hang around. There a bookstore or something? Uh, I mean, there's Kellenberg's Dry Goods, which is just yeah. up the way. There's the Red Roof Market there. So, I mean, it's a large market. Yeah, I'll go wander around the market. Yeah, you can wander around the market. It's mostly uh, not really this as much of stuff that you'd be interested in. Um, there are a couple of uh, clothes stalls here as well. Most people here don't try to compete with Hedeman as far as the sheer quality of the Devil's Threads. Uh, however, there is also a variety of different uh, local and foreign styles represented alongside uh, leather goods, cobblers in case you, you know, need a new pair of shoes or something like that. Yeah, but Cesare will kill time there. The day passes. Again, uh, Adria, Lucia, Niclo, I imagine you find some stuff to do in the uh, old Cantargo neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah, I'll continue kind of asking around for the about the kid. 
the kids, okay. the twins. Uh, Vittoria eventually making her way back over there to join after spending some time catching up with Rexus and encouraging him to try to exercise more. There's not really <laughs> much that he can do down here since he's been trapped underground for two months. Cesare, you pass some time before eventually returning back to the uh, the Devil's Threads, holding open the door, I imagine, politely as the uh, seamsters and seamstresses make their way out after uh, Hedeman's closing shop. Hedeman would greet you as you enter wearing a uh, fine black and silver ensemble. Cesare is so a jealous of all of his clothes. That's what you do. You make your own clothes. Duh. You know? It's a lot cheaper if you make it yourself. Invite you back into the uh, the private screening room, which is downstairs, which is more or less just a comfortable lounge. Fine couch and uh, love seat affair back there. Fireplace off towards the side, burning low, providing just enough warmth to make it comfortable in there. Large draperies hanging from the surrounding walls. Beautiful exposed wood beams. Edmund sits down and folds one leg over his other knee. Cesare would sit down. You wish to speak? I'm trying to figure out the best way to start this conversation. Ah, is this a good conversation or a bad conversation? I suppose it depends on how you look at it. Um, There are some details about my past that you should probably know before we take things any further in this relationship. I'm all ears. Cesare explains his backstory pretty much what he told adria we've already been we don't need to rehash that like with me telling no. the story but yes that's basically what chesre just explains info dumps his backstory yep like jordan on episode two <laughs> <laughs> hey I, I got a brand and that's my brand no secrets <laughs> i'm a terrible liar we know this hedeman listens politely interjecting from time to time his brow steadily furrows into this V-shaped point directly over the bridge of his nose. Waits until you're finished. By this point, the sun has set. It's almost a little cool in here. And again, the only light in here initially was the fireplace in the window. But now as the sun is setting, the light from that is gone. So to Cesare's mind, and I'm sure it makes him slightly uncomfortable, there's just the shadowy shape of Hedeman in his high-backed chair and the two glowing pinpricks where his eyes are. I have low light vision. I mean, it's not that yeah, dark. It's not as bad. Cesare leans back in the chair when he's done talking, probably just glancing down at Raven and petting her instead of, you know, just, just waiting, seeing what happens. That's a lot to take in. It is a lot. I agree. It's not a first date kind of conversation. No, most definitely not. But it's something you needed to know. And yet now you fight for the city. Cesare nods. What are you hoping to get out of this? I have to ask. Where do you see us going? <laughs> out of what? Fighting with the Silver Ravens? All of this. The Ravens. The city. Fighting throne. Us. That's a lot. I thought we were being up front. <sighs> hmm. Initially, the Silver Ravens were a means to an end. I'm not going to lie. Fighting for the city means eventually coming to the head with the Asmodeans which increases the chance of me being able to confront my ex-husband and give him what he deserves. Ah, uh, yes, the ex. I think technically we're still legally married. Yeah, well, but anyway. that can make things complicated. It won't matter when he's dead. <laughs> I love that, that Cesare's whole character arc is, I want to be a widow. <laughs> Cesare doesn't do divorce, he does murder. There is no divorce in the Church of Asmodeus. Thus, I must make my husband a widow, or make my husband dead so I will be a widow. Oh, what a were. 
widower, whatever. I was born and raised in Kintargo, and I wasn't always a priest. That came after the Civil War. And in the past 15 years that I've lived here, being on the other side of things, as it were, Kintargo deserves to be free. And I helped bring the Asmodeans here. The least I can do is help get them out. What is it that you fight for, then? It's easy to fight against something. You see what I do here. Not here, here, but in Redroof. This has been fun, more than a little. But if we are to progress things, I have to know what you're fighting for. That's a difficult question. Only the difficult questions are worth asking. <laughs> I'm tired of seeing what the church does to people what they allow to go on in Red Roof and the Devil's Nursery. The fact that no one seemed to care when those tooth fairies were running about and everyone thought it was a murder. The Tatari weren't even here. I would like to leave Kintargo a better place than it was when all of this started. Honestly, I've come to terms with the fact that I've sold my soul. There's not really an end game for me. I know where I'll be. So I might as well do what I can to leave things here better before... He shrugs. My family, I suppose. I promised Coravel I'd take care of Kalanis and my niece and nephew. Which, at least now I can say, Castian is safe. That's another story. And Asher deserves peace. There is always hope. The people around here are born into misery. Held down, pressed down by the weight of their oppressors. But there is always there can always be beauty from pain. Can I tell you a story? Certainly. I'll try to keep it brief. Your history was somewhat long, and I know we have a place to get to. <laughs> Come with me. He stands to his feet. Cesare stands up to follow. He leads you up the wide set of steps that sends up to the second floor, where you haven't been before, is actual living quarters. Off the main hall here, you see that there are four doors, and he leads you to one of the two towards the end of the hall. He pauses for a second, opens the door, revealing a comfortable-looking, in your mind, a stuffily warm room. A large canopy bed occupies the center of the room. On the far side of the room is a fireplace. A young woman of maybe 20, 25 or so gives him a curious nod as he opens the door. She stands up to her feet. Hedeman holds up a hand. Elise, this is uh, Cesare. Cesare inclines his head. Looking to the bed, you see a single figure laying almost lost amidst the sheer size of the bed. The old man blinkly glances up, gives him a smile. Cesare, this is my father, Hedewell. Cesare would step forward and nod his head. Hello. He nods weakly to you. We won't disturb you any further, father. I just wanted a, a chance to introduce my good friend. Cesare is so confused. He smiles, turns and leads you back out of the room. Leads you across the hall to another, another slightly smaller but somewhat more ostentatious room as he leads you inside. Back past the far end of the room to an open doorway uh, that leads out onto a balcony. My father is what I fight for. You may have noticed that he's human, not a tiefling such as I am. Yes, that's not entirely uncommon though. My father was a struggling tailor owned this very building. Was not quite so popular then. At the time, it was simply called Hedewell's. Hmm. He struggled to make ends meet. 
In fact, he couldn't afford to live anywhere except for Red Roof while striving to live as an honest man, which was difficult to do during that time. He told me that one evening, a beautiful woman came to his door, asked him if he could spare any clothing. My father was perhaps too generous of a man. He has, I suppose, my same propensity for generosity. Unfortunately, and this is only some small amount of arrogance on my part, my skill does somewhat eclipse my father's. And as such, I can afford to be quite generous. I suppose it speaks volumes to my father that he was so generous when he had so little to spare. He provided the woman with clothing. She stayed with them for a week. He told me once before that he was never happier than he was during that week. And then one day, she left him. The day that he had planned to propose to her after their whirlwind romance. He said that her kind visage had evaporated like water from glass that she had simply scornfully laughed and left. She returned sometime after with a squealing baby. She left me with him and then with a flash disappeared. He doesn't know what she was, but my heritage inclines him to believe something not of this world, something that capitalized, that fed on lifting him to the heights of joy before crushing him. I think that it speaks volumes to the man that my father was that he did not take me in out of shame, that I was not too much for him to bear, that he did not fall to ruin, but rather raised me with all the love that anyone could. My father and I were devoted to one another, and for 10 years, we were content, harmonious. He taught me everything that he knew. And I, again, somewhat arrogant on my part, perhaps to say this, I improved mm. upon it. You are very talented. Oh, I'm extraordinarily talented. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. So what happened after 10 years? My mother, not Ciel, returned. My father said that she was seemingly disappointed, perhaps even furious, that not only had he accepted me, not only had we survived, we thrived. She wanted it to bring more suffering. She looked to me and told me to go play and not to return to sundown. And like a puppet on string, I marched out the door. When I returned, my father was as he is now. Mm. Drained of everything he was. Weakened, but still, still, my father did not hate her. When he regained consciousness three days later, his first words to me were, he was so happy I was safe. She left my father crippled and shattered, knowing that our poor family could not afford to pay for my father's recovery. But she did not know me. I rose to the challenge. I went door to door, proudly displaying my heritage to anyone that would take my clothing. Many spit on my face. Many rejected me. Oh, if only I could see their faces when they saw their friends wearing clothing far outstripping their own. <laughs> I was not going to be defeated by this. I watched after, supported my father, because I love him, and he is what I fight for good man. I devoted myself to the role of healer. By the time that I turned 14, I was running my father's tailor shop, helping my neighbors when they needed aid. I learned to care for him myself. I became quite the nurse until I could afford to actually hire a nurse as well. It was difficult times, but I still do everything that I can to tend to my father. Can we add a side quest to heal his father? 
Phyllis. I know. Look at that. I want to go after the mob. She's a piece of work. Side quest. Do you know if whatever she did, if magic might restore him? Perhaps. Let me get to that point. I help my neighbors when they need a date. Children with bruises. Eventually helping splint broken bones and make ointments for burns, other ailments that they couldn't treat at a church. Not that there was many churches here in the city that would actually treat a tiefling. I helped my neighbors that weren't tieflings such as myself, although they were initially skeptical that I could be truly altruistic. I won them over, endeared myself to my neighbors, spread the wealth that I'd earned. In time, eventually, I reached a point where my financial gain was such that I could move anywhere in the city that I so wished, was begged to move elsewhere in the city, was promised the finest places in Villagree so that I could serve the nobles without them having to cross Bleak Bridge and make their way to the slums. You, of course, know that I refused. I think it's rather fitting that they have to come over here. Yes, it should show it does not matter where one lives. Then there was a turning point. It was perhaps ten years ago. One night, I was on my way back from setting a stonemason's broken wrist. I was traveling through old Kentarko. There was an aristocrat in the road. He was screaming, yelling at his halfling servant. He struck the girl. I intervened, and he said, and I don't, I don't remember all the details, but he turned to me and he told me, take your filthy claws off me, devil spawn. And then he struck me, backhanded slap, rings and all, in the face. Wow. Cesare scowls. And something inside of me snapped. I beat the man to death with my doctor's bag. Oh, I love how to fit even more. That's wild. Uh, I'm... Cesare shrugs. (laughs) A nearby tavern keeper was drawn by the commotion. Citrona Sabinus. She brought me inside of her little dive, the tooth and nail. There I came to my senses. I was covered in blood and the nauseating guilt that came over me. These are healers hands. These are the hands that I hold my father's hands with. I told Citrona I was going to turn myself over. She quickly dissuaded me. They would have killed you without question. She did argue that I would not receive a fair shake in our city's legal system. Sometimes ugly things happen. Sometimes it's necessity. It's a necessity. That was not a necessity. That was an excess. I could have disabled that man. I could have helped without doing what I did. But that's not where this story goes. So what did you do? Citrona told me that she could take care of things. That she did not wish for me to be punished. That she knew what the law was like. You may be familiar with her name. Her cousin is somewhat famous in the city. He's great. I'm familiar. She escorted me back out. However, when we returned to the scene of my crime, the body was gone. So was the frightened halfling girl, in the corpse's place, growing between the cracks on the blood-stained road, was a vibrant rose. Mm. The sign of the Everbloom. Milani. You see, Cesare, I am the Rose of Cantargo. Cesare just kind of blinks. Of course he's the Rose of Cantargo, and I love him all the line. Well, it seems we both had quite a few secrets. 
I made certain to reach out to Niccolo after I learned of your existence to make certain that your group wasn't going to get itself killed too soon. <laughs> I devoted oh. myself to the goddess after that day. Finding one of the few local clerics of the underground faith, they instructed me in the ways of her priesthood. And over time, I established my own small hidden place of worship. What? On the Night of oh. Ashes, my place of worship was attacked. Mm. Fortunately, though, I am powerful enough to allow my friends to breathe water if necessary and often prepare oh, said spell to aid my escape. Oh, he's the reason they all survived. My congregation has grown modestly over the past four years or so now that I've acted as the head of the faith. I'd even had the opportunity to meet Niccolo, although not without my mask and all the rest of that when I indoctrinated him somewhat into the faith. Cool. <laughs> Most members of our faith don't know each other, but our presence overall and influence across the city has expanded greatly. That makes sense. I do what I can for the city. Sometimes I do so through the benevolent gifts that Hedem and Hayes can provide. And sometimes it is the Rose of Cantargo. Oh, man. Holy crap. Oh, man. Is he a cleric vigilante or something? Because that would be dope. I've often wondered about the true nature of the aristocrat and the halfling. No aristocrat was ever reported missing. Oh, they never existed. Oh. It was a test. I don't think that they existed at all. Sometimes we are given a trial. And in that moment, Cesare, I failed. I stood up, but I went too far. Sometimes it is blood and roses. Perhaps that was what was necessary in that moment. But I know in my heart of hearts, I did not strike him down because of her. I struck him down because I was angry, because he struck me. But I am nothing if not persistent and am more than happy to improve myself as I ask others to improve as well. You told me a great deal about yourself and I have now let you in on a secret that very few know. Now we have equal ammunition, as it were. <laughs> nice. I don't know if I'd call it ammunition. Y'all are bound by the secrets you've told each other. I have great empathy for the cause of your ravens. And your aims are consistent with my own philosophy and religious faith. I am focused on my responsibility as the leader of the faith of Milani. However, I felt that this would be a good opportunity to move forward with things. I have become increasingly distracted. I have used what magic I can, but I am not capable of restoring my father. It is beyond me, as so few things really are. My father has become increasingly fragile, and I dedicate myself to my faith knowing that perhaps someday, not Ciel, the woman who bore me, will return. And this time, I will not be so easily commanded. If there is anything I can do to help, I will. You stole the words out of my mouth. I'm a skilled healer, powerful spellcaster. My skill with medicine is extensive, although to have survived this long with your wounds, I imagine that you probably have access to just as good. I'm also just as skilled at brewing potions, crafting, things of that nature. Mm. I will aid you, but I have a request. And what is that request? You give me smooches right here on my mouth. <laughs> right now. <laughs> Milani requires two things utmost from their servants. The first is when it is time for conflict, we fight. It's our nature. We don't necessarily foment rebellion for rebellion's sake, but to fight for a better tomorrow. 
It's what we do. You're already doing that. But in peace, we plant, we cultivate, we grow. You're fighting for an end, Cesare. You need to be fighting for what is beyond that end. Think about it. I have some pamphlets. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Secret require pamphlets. your faith, only that you be considerate. If, as seems to be your implication, you would like for things to progress past here, and I'm more than happy to. I, of course, couldn't let things progress too far. I'm covered in scars, and they're difficult to explain. <laughs> I like scars. Good. Yeah. <laughs> this is a thirsty wizard episode. <laughs> what is with the thirsty episode? The old people in the group are thirsty, okay? <laughs> if you wish for things to progress here, I need to know that there's a future. I'm not an elf. I don't have hundreds of years to decide these things. <laughs> True. I'm not intending to go and get myself killed in this rebellion. I don't really have a plan for what happens after it's over, but it's not like I'm rushing to commit suicide. Good. Also, I had an ulterior motive to having this conversation. No, really. I need your ravens. Hmm. Like our actual ravens or like the people? No, like like the silver ravens. Ah. What do you need? There is a killer on loose in the streets of Old Cantargo that I have <laughs> been. So we've heard. Victoria's hey, already on the case. We know that. By hmm. night investigating. And I've also put some of my roses to use. He glowers as he looks out the window. One of them was murdered last night. <gasps> I can assure you that the others will be willing to help. We're already looking into this. Yeah. In a way, I think Vittoria and Adria are already looking into it. There are a pair of twin boys who have disappeared in Old Cantargo. And we're looking into that as well. I haven't heard of these boys. Vittoria has more of the details. We should go and speak to your friends. See if they would be willing to join us. Unfortunately, I suppose my murdered Rose is our newest lead. Sit as a raven. My people found her before the guard did. They took her body. She is in my cellar. You disturb the crime scene? Victoria's going to have a fit. Well, I mean, otherwise <laughs> the guards would have found it eventually. I but mean, yeah, true. exactly. I'm sorry, Hetaman. Thank you. That being said, I have access to a unique option. Can you speak with her? Yes. Dang, son. Wow. Man. Powerful priest indeed. Dang. Impressive. I had intended to, if it were necessary, blow my cover during the murders in Red Roof, Devil's Nursery. However, you and your compatriots proved that you were beyond that need. However, now we are all speaking as equals, and if my ability to do such can provide a quick resolution to this situation, then I would be happy to do so. It is not a spell that I could teach to you, and I believe that Adria practiced a more, shall we say, primal type of magic, so I do not believe it is a spell I could teach to her either, but it is something I could offer my services to. Agreed. Agreed. Good. I look forward to taking our partnership and our partnership further. <laughs> Raven's going to expect all sorts of free clothes now. You know that, right? He glances down towards Raven. Hello. I don't do anything for free, <laughs> except for give away charity and all the rest of that. But not for those that can pay. 
In other words, hey, Raven, pay up. What is, okay, what is Raven doing? Because Raven must have money, because your funds <laughs> haven't been going down. She's, she's a partner in crime. Of course she steals. It's the yeah. five jelly bean discount. <laughs> <laughs> the five toe bean discounts. Oh, man. Mm. Raven. Mm-hmm. You can't exploit my boyfriend for free clothes. I mean, that's fine. There might be some scraps laying around here. I might take a few. Next thing you know, Raven's trained in crafting. Maybe Kalanis can make me some free clothes. Kalanis <laughs> <laughs> is better. Leaps. Uh-huh. I do think people are waiting for me, at least at this tavern. Did you want to come with me? I say that we should go and enjoy our evening. There's cake. <laughs> it is not a lie. Mm-hmm. It'll be nice um, to num, see num. Citrona again. I like to stop by from time to time. She's a good sort. There are many good sorts in this city. To be perfectly honest, I think the good outnumbers the bad. At least that's what makes it worth fighting for. Well, we need to get rid of the very, very bad at the very least. I've accepted that some of them I will need to beat to death. Unfortunately, I have better options now than a bag. That's good to know. Although the bag would be stylish. <laughs> just right, just sort of shakes his head and so then holds out, out of his it's, hand. It's made, out, it's made out of the finest silk and the heaviest bricks. <laughs> bag of bricks. Well then, I suppose let us go and speak with our friends. Enjoy this evening. And then, if all of you are willing, we can return here and start on the trail of this murderer. I think this will be an interesting partnership. As do I. Let's go. He leads you back downstairs, out into the uh, benighted city streets, taking you through the uh, the alleyways to make your way steadily back towards the Tooth and Nell, where uh, the rest of your compatriots are already gathered, oblivious to this entire conversation. Yeah, we're just over here. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you hold the dart time. like this. But Cesare, Hedeman, you make your way through the benighted city streets, uh, out of Red Roof and into the uh, not-quite-so-safe uh, nighttime streets of Old Cantargo. Yeah, sounds like it. Man. Mm-hmm. And we'll pick mm-hmm. it up here next time. Oh, man. Oh, oh man. man. Uh, There's a killer out there. We knew that, though. Oh. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, we did know. We didn't realize that they were killing, like, you know, the Rose of Cantargo's followers, which, well, by the way, is Hedeman Haste. Yeah, that that is right. Right. No, that was a good that? revelation. That was a great reveal. Yeah. Very spicy. Did not see that coming. That was very good. Boom. Very good. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Hell's Rebels is copyright 2015. Hell's Rebels and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission. Find the Path Ventures have converted Hell's Rebels from Pathfinder to Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Conversion notes are available to our Patreon backers at patreon.com backslash findthepath. <laughs>